Welcome to the Mike Abadir Show. You'll want to sit tight this hour as hosts Mike Abadir and co-host Gino Bacola talk to the experts, celebrities, and figures from the worlds of sports and business of sports. We cover the NFL, baseball, basketball, soccer, and horse racing, so we have all of the bases covered. Now, we just need your participation. Here is your host, Mike Abadir. Thursday, March 24th, the year 2022. We have so much to talk about today. We've got upcoming opening day in Major League Baseball. We've got March Madness, Sweet 16. And we also have two NFL draft prospects, draft eligibles from the 2022 draft upcoming here next month that are going to join us, talk a little bit about their journey, what makes them NFL prospects, and uh, just an opportunity for you to get to know some under-the-radar type guys. We see each and every year, every single year, we see undrafted free agent type players, late-round type players come into the NFL and make their mark. In fact, I would say half the league is probably made up of guys who are late-rounders slash undrafted free agents. And every year, we always marvel at how many teams passed up on the opportunity to snag this player or that player. And it's not a mystery, folks. There's a lot of good ball players out there, but the cream of the crop rises. So we'll be joined by a couple of draft diamonds, if we want to call them that. And uh, we're about to get things started right now with our very first guest. We've got this Ty Brooks played his football at Minnesota State. Is it pronounced Mankata or Mankato? How do you pronounce that, Ty? It's pronounced Mankato, Minnesota Thank State you. University of Mankato. There you go. How you doing, my man? Mm-hmm. I'm doing well. I'm excited to, you know, talk about this on the show. You know, excited to talk about myself, you know, get a little more um, publicity out there. Yeah, absolutely. I want to give the listeners an opportunity to get to know you a little bit. Perhaps we've got some mm-hmm. NFL scouts or coaches that pop in every once in a while. We know we've got them as guests, so they uh, probably are listeners as well every once in a while. And, uh, you know, we've got some listeners for the live portion of the show, but the vast majority listen to it on demand. And I like that feature. We can go back and listen as uh, almost like a podcast because it gives scouts an opportunity to check back on their notes, go back and listen for themselves as to what type of player this is so let's kind of get things rolling with let's start with your college career how would you describe your college career uh, in a few words exciting I mean it was very exciting a lot of wins um, a lot of good times with my, my teammates you know I love this community um, a lot of support around this Mankato area so I, just, I, I enjoyed my time in college here I feel like it was very exciting and the journey was worth it. Now you're 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 kind of a local, right? Or you're at least from Minnesota, correct? Yes, that's correct. I'm from uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota. I went to high school in Brooklyn Park, Minnesota. So it's about an hour and thirty minutes away from Mankato. So it's not too far. Okay, and and was that your your first choice to, um, you know, the tiebreaker, if you will, mm-hmm. what would be to play? kind of close to home or for your home state or to represent or what went into your choice to uh, play there? Mm -hmm. Well, they were one of the top schools that, you know, offered and reached out to me. Um, 
I took a visit here, and just right away, I actually kind of like fell in love with the whole organization, just how the, how the way they run things, how how they do things around here. It wasn't necessarily sort of being wanting to be close to home. I mean, that is a plus that I was able to be home, and my family was able to come to a lot of games. That's a that's a that's a big plus, but it, it didn't really you know affect my decision from the start. But it it is a good you know plus to have you know being only an hour away from home. Yeah, absolutely. Now uh, you said there was a lot of winning. Um, you know that's that's a contagious feeling. I assume. Uh, what what are mm-hmm. some of the winning winning intangibles that you think you could bring to an NFL team? It's my demeanor, you know, how I, how I approach things, how I do things. Um, I'm always positive in everything we do. I know how to take, you know, constructive criticism. Um, and just being a winner, trying to uh, compete every rep, every every day, you know, um, making sure my teammates are getting better every, every day, making sure my staff is on a point every day, just getting us better, you know, just everything that has to do with winning and I I think I know what it takes from coming through this you know university you mentioned teammates let's talk about that for a second which mm-hmm. uh, who's your favorite former or current well I guess everybody is a former now teammate of yours in mm-hmm. college yeah so I mean I have a lot of close teammates close friends um, that I like to play with throughout the team but the one uh, one guy that stands out the most, you know, we weren't too super close off the field, but you know, on the field, it was a tight competitiveness between us. Uh, me and Shane Shane Zilstra, who is now on the you know Detroit Lions, you know, he played receiver at Mankato. He's now tight end in the NFL. So, but it was great to you know um, line up against him every day. And to see him make it to the bigger stage and do the same thing, it, it gives me a lot of hope. Absolutely. Now, do you have any other friends in the NFL? Yes, I do. Um, I actually have a best friend I grew up with, Armani uh, Hooker. He play, he now plays start safety for the Tennessee Titans. He's going into his fourth year this upcoming season. How cool would that be if you guys are both in the league at the same time? Maybe even teammates. Who knows, right? Oh, it would be a dream come true. You know, it's something we always talked about. You know, as we were growing up through elementary, junior high, high school. You know, we still talk about it to this day. We we think it's gonna happen. We know it's gonna happen. So um, it it would be a dream dream come true. I can't wait for that day to happen. It would be very special between the both of us. And you talked about, you know, knowing each other since you were growing up. Uh, as a youngster and on through uh, high school, what other sports did you play? I know a lot of NFL scouts like to see uh, players that have come from other sports, uh, both from mm-hmm. a discipline perspective and from an athleticism perspective. What other sports did you dabble with, um, you know, growing up? Yeah, growing up, um, I my second sport was basketball. Um I played basketball a lot uh, when it wasn't football season throughout the growing up. I also played baseball um, when I was a kid. I thought that during high school, focused a little bit more on football and basketball, but those those three sports have been, you know, sports that have been a part of my whole life. Um, I, I never really got into track 
but my my whole family's in track as well. And, you know, those things is, you know, it just brings different tangibles and different skill sets that I learned from each sport to allow me to be the best football player I could be. What position did you play in baseball? I was actually a shortstopper. Okay. Probably mm-hmm. uh, that in center field, probably the most athletic positions on the field. You look like you've got a good baseball body. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, they, they, a lot of the coaches were saying when I was growing up, I had a, um, I could cover a lot of ground and range. So the outfield, I played outfield as well, like you mentioned. And, you know, I just now, never really, I wish I would have kept up with it. I just never, it, my main interest was really football um, sure. and basketball as well. Now, were you a better hitter, better fielder, uh, throwing arm? What was your your kind of uh, top asset baseball-wise? Uh, I think it had to come. So I'll probably do a better fielder. I, I, I'm really good at tracking. Well, I like to say I'm really good at tracking the ball, you know, throwing it back to the first baseman, second baseman, whoever it is. And, uh, I'm a right I'm a lady. I throw right arm. Um, I can hit the ball. I'm more of a a ground there like I will sometimes the team use me to bunt the ball and you know sprint to first base before they can tag me out because I was so speedy also you know this as well sure and I was just going to ask you you know what what are some of the skills that translate from baseball to football and you kind of hit on it being a good fielder and uh, you would have to have good side to side you know lateral movements uh you know mm-hmm. uh, and tracking the ball and and that type of stuff you know what are what are some of the things that have helped you from your kind of hand eye coordination perspective all the way to your footwork in terms of you know tracking tracking the players as a defensive Tracking the offensive player being on the defensive side of things. Right. Yeah, like you mentioned, um, it's just a, a hand-eye coordination repetition. Um, knowing where your feet are, knowing where your body position is, you know, seeing the result of the ball from the air coming to your hands. Just, you know, being coordinated, uh, knowing your steps and basically knowing how your body, where your body is going to be before it actually gets there so you could be in control. You know, I took all those tangibles, and I'm still learning today a lot of those tangibles. But that, it, it really helped me a lot. Sure. And, and usually, you know, you guys have an opportunity as you're transitioning to the pro football game to show the scouts what you could do, whether it be at the NFL Combine in Indianapolis or at the pro days at each of the universities. How was your pro day? And uh, did you get any kind of sense for how it was received by the scouts? Yeah, actually, um, it, it turned out well. Um, I'm still waiting for a couple of results. I got a couple of them. My coaches were there. They were recording for a little bit. Um, it went well. Uh, had a high inch vertical in a 40, 40 inch vertical and a 10-5 broad jump. Those are the two official numbers I know right now. And as far as the scouts' impression, I did leave an impression. Um, I got pulled aside after, you know, defensive back drills, position drills, and was told I was the one that really stood out in the group, um, basically just by body movements, you know, attacking the ball in the air, and just based off my athleticism towards 
uh, the ball during the ball drills. So that was really, you know, inspiring to hear. And it really gave me a lot of, you know, courage. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, just for the listeners to know, you know, there was good representation there from the NFL, the uh, Washington football team, the Cleveland Browns, the uh, Las Vegas Raiders, New York Jets, uh, the Seattle Seahawks, just to name a few. Is there a team that you want to play for? Is there a team that you have kind of dreams playing for or, or does it matter to you? Um, honestly, I've never really had a team that I would like want, want to play for. I honestly just want to, you know, get my foot in the door in any organization that accepts me. I was always taught to listen to you. So whoever loves me, that would be the team for my heart. Um, that would be the one I would love and, you know, die for. But as far as if I had to choose a team, you know, why not just pick the Minnesota Vikings hometown, you, you know, you have, have my family be able to make every game. You know, that would be a dream come true. Yeah, purple people eaters. Yeah, why not? Absolutely. Uh, you know, you kind of carry it from high school onto college onto the NFL all at home. That would be very, very cool. Which players growing yeah. up in the NFL have you kind of modeled yourself after? Who who have been your favorite football players? I guess both offensively and defensively. Yeah, uh, recently. We still got you, bud? Oh, I was about to get a good answer, too. So we will effort to reconnect with Ty. We may have lost the connection there. I was just asking him about NFL players that he has modeled his game after or players that he is a big fan of. Perhaps uh, we will effort to bring him back. Ty, if you could hear me, maybe hang up and call the line again as I think we may yep. have lost you. I'm oh, back. There you go. Okay, I think you were about to yep. tell us about your favorite NFL guys. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. Um, recently, I've looked in more into a, a you know, a slot uh, cornerback by the name of Kenny Moore for the Indianapolis Colts, you know, kind of similar route um, that I'm experiencing right now coming from a Division two, you know, top ranked Division two player and was able to, get his way on the team and become an NFL Pro Bowl. And, you know, it's somebody I like to model my game after, you know, similar things as well. Also, like, watch Darius Way, you know, a lot of the top corners. Obviously, Jalen Ramsey, one of the best in the game. And just offensively, a lot of the playmakers, you know, I like I like watching playmakers. I like guys that make big plays, big games at big times. You know, someone a team can lead on. You know, in the right moment, um, offensive guys kind of like, you know, Justin Jefferson. He's a big playmaking guy. Um, who else offensively? Well, how about the two guys that just uh, uh, had moves in the last uh, 10 days or so, Devontae Adams and the Cheetah? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> those two Those two guys very elite. Um and those moves are really crazy, honestly. But I like it. I, I like I like all the switch up between the NFL. <laughs> Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I, I'm sure you kind of, uh, you know, sit back at night and, and kind of daydream a little bit about having a chance to ball against those guys. 
do you how mm-hmm. do you envision success how do you when you're kind of looking to will it to happen what are some of the images that come across your mind what are the things that make you mentally cerebrally speaking that athlete that's got that it factor right um a lot of the game is yeah like you said really mental um i actually take mental um mental training classes um i have a mental trainer that we actually got introduced with here at minnesota at minnesota state where i went to college at um cindra where she basically just breaks the game down it's it's really mentally uh on you and basically i just take all the steps that she teaches me basically having self-confidence you know telling myself positive things will happen you know, and just believing in myself, believing in the work that I put in, the techniques, the things I watch on film. And I, I believe I can, you know, guard anyone if I'm mentally strong uh, any day. Absolutely, man. Obviously, you've got a sharp brain there. And you're more than just a football player. You're an uh, entrepreneur as well. Ty, are you still with us? Are we having technical difficulties up there in Minnesota, perhaps there's a weather issue. I don't know. I was just going to ask him about his entrepreneurial skills because uh, Ty actually is a uh, businessman. I believe he's got a clothing line. So I was going to give him an opportunity to plug that uh, for a quick moment and then to give uh, all the listeners how they could follow his journey on through the NFL. We'll see if we can get him back here. And if not, we are going to take a quick commercial timeout and we will resume with more 2022 draft talk. Let's take a timeout right now. We'll come back. We'll see if we could bring Ty Brooks on to, ha- to send him off with a goodbye. And we will be back right after this. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Want to play the ponies and win? At Winning Ponies, we go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, and handicappers. The Winning Ponies Radio Show with John Englehart, racing's regular guy, is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Catch us live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Win prizes just for calling in. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. This is the Mike Abadir Show. If you want to call in today, we can be reached at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to mike at themikeabadirshow.com. 
Now, back to this week's program. Back here on the Mike Abadir Show, we are actually live. Uh, Gonzaga and the Arkansas Razorbacks are at it with each other. Looks like a, a early, uh, I would say maybe a defensive battle here, 9-8 to eight so far. We'll see how that game goes. We'll track that as the show goes along. A quick uh, matter of note, the Chiefs signed uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling to a three-year deal. Obviously not the big-time replacement for the Cheetah, but they're looking to fill all the holes that they have been left with. We'll see how the Chiefs conduct business. We are wrapping things up with Ty Brooks, Minnesota State. Ty, looks like we lost you for a moment there. I was just going to give you an opportunity to tell the folks out there uh, that you're an entrepreneur. And uh, maybe you could give a quick plug to your business and uh, let everybody know how they can follow you on social media, track your journey to the NFL. Yeah, appreciate that. Um, yeah, so like he mentioned, I you know, do a little entrepreneur on the side. I have a clothing business. Um, the URL link is shopthetruthapparel.com. You know, it's just a lot of streetwear, you know, hats, vintage wear, vintage clothing, pants. You know, and I appreciate you for giving me the opportunity to share the um, the I also have Instagram links. Uh, if you just type in the truth in the search bar, it should pop up. But the at name will be at the truth.dt. And, you know, it's, it's been going great. Something to um, do on the side when I'm not working on football. You know, get my mind off things. It's make close. Outstanding, Ty. Really appreciate you having you on with us. Uh, you, you've been a pleasure to represent so far. I'm proud to be your agent. I look forward to big things happening. You're a good man. God bless you. And let's talk soon, okay? God bless. Thank you. Good day. Absolutely. You too, my friend. Now we're going to go from one 2022 NFL draft prospect immediately to another. Also another client of mine, very proud to represent him. Just had his pro day and really, really excelled. Uh, fellow West Coaster, always love having California represented here. Talking with Michael Hawkins from the University of San Diego, the Toreros. Michael, good afternoon. How are you, my friend? I'm good. How about you? I'm doing really well. Thank you. And, you know, we uh, just finished talking about some business with Ty. Let's get to business with you. First, the business on the field. You just had your pro day. You did really, really well. I was very excited for your results. Walk us through how your pro day went. Um, Honestly, pro day, it started very slow. Uh, Earlier that morning, San Diego State had their pro day as well. So, uh, we had to wait for the scouts to come over. You know, you think you're going to start on time, but usually that's not how it goes. So we started pretty late. So, like, just imagine getting warmed up and then sitting there for another 40 minutes before they get there to get re-warmed up again. But, you know, that that, that process was just – it just told you just to calm down and give you patience, extra time to breathe and relax. Because, you know, like, this this journey is a, it's a life-changing goal. You want to do your best, put your best foot forward. So, yeah. Absolutely. I would say no. that, yeah. Oh, go ahead. But so yeah, so, it I was, was just gonna uh, ask you in terms it was, of it was an excellent day. I think I think personally it was just an excellent day. Uh, I trained in San Diego. Uh, my trainer, DC Athletics, is uh, he's based out of San Diego. Been with him for five years now. Uh, also, my speed trainer Parker uh, went to San Diego State, played for the Falcons for a little bit. So the, being with those guys for the last nine weeks has you know allowing me to perform at uh, my best capabilities. 
Absolutely. I'm very appreciative personally in terms of the work that they put in and uh, <clears throat> look forward to, um, you know, continuing that relationship with those guys because they did really well. One of the areas that you did really well in is the 40. That's obviously one of the areas that a lot of people talk about. It's kind of become glamorized by the NFL Network and ESPN. Not necessarily a complete indicator as to whether or not somebody will achieve success in the NFL, but often looked at as one of the first early signs that somebody belongs. How were your 40 trials, and how did you feel about them? Um, honestly, it was. I was. I wasn't even shocked about my results at all. You know, a lot of people, a lot of spectators, were shocked for me to run that, considering the size I am, 205 pounds, safety. And uh, at the first first the uh, first week of training for pro day, I ran a four seven four, and like that's that's kind of like one thing that Parker and DC emphasized on was don't get down to yourself because every week you put the work in, you do what you're supposed to do, the times just going to keep getting better and better. Um, right, even right going into pro day, the fastest time I ran was a four. I think I ran a four five six like a week before, and I was just all right. I'm a four five guy, you know, nothing's wrong with that. Um, then pro day comes, you know, another stressful moment. I only have five minutes to warm up for the 40. Uh, the first 40 ran a four or five something. And then um, I was able to breathe and relax and understand, you know, just you just got to let it all out. You can't, you know, hold back anything. And the main thing my trainer told me to do is just run. And I just ran and I ended up running a four, four, six. Uh, the Panthers clocked me out of four, four, six. And one of the Chargers clocked me out of four, four, eight. So uh, I just know I had it in me. I just had to let it loose. Man, that's fantastic, man. Outstanding. That's that's absolute speed burning there for safety. Uh, love that. You know, your athleticism. Talk us talk to us a little bit about uh, high school uh, days. What sports did you play uh, growing up? Uh, my mom kept me in sports 24-7, so I actually played – uh, basketball was my favorite sport. I didn't even want to go to college for football. That's the crazy thing about it. I was a basketball player my whole life. I ran track. Uh, I didn't really run. I just like to do long jump and triple jump and high jump. So, you know, basketball was the reason. Basketball was really the main reason why, you know, sports is really a big part of my life. Uh, going into college, I, I, I had a look from Bakersfield to go to basketball, uh, play basketball. But then um, just seeing my brother's success and, a lot of people around me that a group success in football and, you know, them just telling me, like, yeah, this might not be your main sport, but you should just, you know, if you do give the same dedication as you do in basketball, you know, good things can happen for you. And, I, you know, I took that route being the size that I am. I'm not a 6'4", 6'5 guy. So, you know, the basketball possibility is very low. So, you know, I decided to transition and t- take my game into football and take it more serious. Now, you mentioned your brother. Uh, your brother played uh, Canada for a few years. Is that correct? Yes. Uh, and uh, how, how old is he, and is he still playing? Uh, no, he retired. He just turned – he's turning 31, April 15th. Him and my mother have the same birthday, which is pretty cool. Uh, same day I get to celebrate two people I love. Uh, but, yeah, his career was um, – he had a solid career at San Jose State. Um, signed free agently uh, to the Cardinals. Got cut right before the season started. Uh, took his career to Canada and had a successful couple years while he was out there. Very nice. Very nice. Uh, that's some good family pedigree right there. So talk to us a little bit about USD and how that experience was. Uh, how was it being at Torero, being in San Diego, uh, comfort zone, you know, close to home, et cetera? Uh, yeah. Um, so coming out of high school, I had a little 
very little looks. Uh, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't developed as much. I was, I was a guy that was just an athlete. Like I, I felt like just being an athlete was good enough. I didn't want to go to the weight room at all. They had to force me to lift weights and all that. So that, uh, that transition to college, I would say, wasn't hard. Uh, it was hard, but it wasn't hard at the same time. It was hard. Because now I'm at an institution where everything's a different clock schedule. You can't do what you want anymore. You have to do everything rapidly. Uh, coaches are expecting you to perform because it, it's not—it's a business now. It's not high school ball. It's not a joke. Their life is on the line as well. So if you're not doing what you're supposed to do, they can kick you out at any moment they want to. But that transition to USD, I would say, uh, it made the—I made the best out of it. Um, that freshman year, I played as a true freshman, which is very rare to do, especially in D1 level. I give my hats off to myself for that. But, you know, we uh, ended up making the playoffs, and we played against North Dakota State, and I'm playing on the field. I get hit. <laughs> I get hit super hard by somebody. I'm like, uh, yeah, I need to dedicate my life to this weight room for the next year and a half. Uh, I've, always had the <laughs> I've always had the athletic ability to play, but, you know, I, if I wanted to last and, you know, uh, make my dreams come true of being in the NFL. I understand the weight room is very a big part of that, you know, that football aspect to become healthy and strong. So, absolutely, man. And uh, you know, and what would you say would be the main thing that you kind of took away from other things besides the kind of off-field discipline? that you have to enact in order to take that next step up? What are some of the things that the coaches instilled in you from a football perspective? Um, just just be you. Don't don't try to be someone you're not. Uh, coming into USD, I've, I always had this aggressive demeanor. It's just where I'm from. You know, you can't – where I'm from, you just talk to not let anybody bully you no matter what. So I've always brought – no matter how big – I was little. I came in as 170, never let nobody bully me, and that's what the one thing the coaches love about me. And they love the physicality. They love the, you know, the, the pain that I bring to the game because the pain can turn into success. And it, it's just – it was just being at USD, my coaches really just, you know, taught me – uh, the game of football, I, I truly don't know how to high school. You think you're just playing, but there's so much more to football in college because you, you need to learn other positions to be successful at your position. So I played corner, I played nickel, I played safety, and safety taught me every position I could think of. I, I even know what D linemen are doing. I know what linebackers are doing. I know everything just from being back there, and that's that's another position that just took my um, – my game to a higher level allowed me to be who I am and you know just being helpful uh cheering on other teammates no matter what happens because it's you know uh, the game of football is not just about you it's about everybody else so. man you got a great attitude I love that that's it. it's all about that attitude positive attitude positive thinking the will to win all those things are absolutely translatable into NFL success what were your uh, favorite players, favorite teams growing up? Uh, my favorite players growing up. Um, let's see. I was uh, when I was younger. I was an offensive guy, so I looked at Michael Vick. Uh, Michael Vick was one of my favorite players. Uh, I want to say Barber when he played for Tampa Bay was a, one of my favorite running backs to watch. And then receiver-wise, I loved Deshaun Jackson. Deshaun Jackson was. It was just an example of me at that time growing up. Skinny, small, but had heart and just played with speed and physicality. Never let anybody bully him, so. 
I love that. And any particular teams that you've been a fan of? Uh, so I'm always the opposite of what everybody else is. Uh, <laughs> being from San Diego, Chargers are the San Diego, California. Everybody loves Chargers in San Diego. But me, I always go for uh, the Washington Redskins at the time. Not Redskins anymore, but yes. Uh, so I was like, uh, I'll, I'll like Washington just because. But that was the only reason why. I just wanted to be different from everybody else. So. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you, man. Where, where I grew up, everybody was a 49ers fan or a Raiders fan, and I ended up being a Miami Dolphins fan and a fan of Dave Marino. So go figure. Uh, I, I see it kind of similarly. I didn't want to be like everybody else, just to be an individual. And I think that's probably a lot of what makes you successful. Uh, what are some of the things that you would want to let the NFL scouts know if they come back and listen to this episode as they're doing their homework on you? Um, I'm going to give I'm, – I'm, I'm a guy that's not going to waste your time. If you give me that opportunity to be, become someone that I know I can be, it's going to get done. Uh, also, it's not about me. I want to learn. You know, I understand coming from a smaller school, uh, you still have – you know, development is there, and I, I'm that person that who can develop – and learn from the, you know, the pros and the guys who've been there for year in and year out. And, you know, you just put my all into this game because you got to love football to be able to survive in it. So, Yeah, absolutely. Now, do you, do you have any friends in the NFL? Uh, I would say my brother's friends, uh, Tony Jefferson, talk to him all the time, train with him all the time. Tony Jefferson, um, uh, Elijah Holder that went to Stanford, um, Tyree Robinson, I went to Oregon, played for uh, Cowboys and Niners for a little bit, just got picked up in the USFL. So I'm, I'm really I'm around a lot of NFL guys uh, just growing up and just watching them do what they do, especially Tony Jefferson. He, he's really opened my eyes to a lot of things. He, he's a smart guy. He's a, you know, he's a terrible guy at that. So just seeing him get back into the NFL is, you know, real dedicated. And I, I was with him when he, you know, was training to get back healthy and I just seen him progress and just become who he is again so pretty much what what are maybe like a tip or two that you've carried with you from those guys um like just be humble be great never stop working don't don't be that guy who you know sign if you you know if I'm able to sign these million dollar contracts and years later don't be that guy who just gives up oh I already made it and I could just settle and do what I want now that's not how it works that's not how you should treat life you should always go into life, whatever you do in life, with full throttle, you know, no expectations for anything, just work. Absolutely. Fight to keep that job, too, because uh, as we all know, the uh, NFL experience can be short-lived, and you got to fight each and every day as if it's your last, right? Yep. There you go. Now, a couple final questions, couple thoughts with you. Uh, if folks out there listeners out there want to continue to follow your journey to the nfl obviously i'm going to be talking about you as we get closer to the draft um and i'm sure we're going to have you on it as well again but where can they follow you on social media um twitter is m hawkins underscore two uh, and then uh that's that's the one i usually just be on the most i don't really use anything else so okay any special shout outs you want to have before you go uh, no, I just, uh, you know, appreciate you for, for one, being my agent. You, you know, you're giving me an opportunity to help me. And so also just, uh, you know, appreciate you for allowing me to be on this and talk with my journey in life. And 
Uh, hopefully we have a lot longer uh, friendship to just build on as we get older and move forward. So. Absolutely. I love absolutely love hearing that, man. And it's uh, it's a pleasure to represent you. It's an honor to represent you. I hope that we could do great things together as a team, both on and off the field. Super excited for your chances. Let's make it happen, man. Yes, sir. All right. That is uh, Michael Hawkins from USD. Big thank you to you, my friend. We're going to take a quick timeout, an early timeout, and we're going to come back and talk a little bit uh, about what we just heard, as well as MLB and NFL moves. Uh, Let's take a quick commercial timeout. We'll be back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Want to play the ponies and win? At Winning Ponies, we go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, and handicappers. The Winning Ponies Radio Show with John Englehart, racing's regular guy, is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Catch us live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Win prizes just for calling in. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune into All Around Sports with John Inglesby, Mondays at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Variety channel find out what's happening on the voice america talk radio network by keeping up with us on twitter you can find us at voice america trn streaming live the leader in internet talk radio VoiceAmerica.com. This is the Mike Abadir Show. If you want to call in today, we can be reached at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to Mike at themikeabadirshow.com. Now, back to this week's program. Big thank you to Ty Brooks, Minnesota State. Mankato, as well as Michael Hawkins from University of San Diego. Both seem like really, really good guys. They're easy to work for. They're easy to root for. They're guys that you want to see on the football field on Sunday. I know each of them can help with not just the secondary, but just to be good teammates because of how positive they are. They they both have the same type of positive attitude that you have to have to achieve success in the NFL. I think anybody that goes in with, that's not humble, that goes in with a sense of entitlement, they're already behind the eight ball a little bit, right? Because when, when you get to the NFL, you got to realize that you have the top athletes in the world to your left and to your right. And each one is ultra competitive and each one wants that roster spot those roster spots are so valuable they're so rare 
each and every one. You know, it really disturbs me when um, you hear kind of like lay people, uh, average fans saying, oh, that guy is a scrub or this guy sucks or, or whatever. And in my mind, being in the business for so long, I'm like, man, if you only knew how good all of these guys really, really are. And there's such a fine line between making a team and not making a team. We're talking split seconds can make all the difference in the world, which is really, really astonishing when you think about it. Literally, we're talking micro, you know, less than one second, you know, fractions of seconds, uh, maybe a, a few pounds here and there. Um, you know, they say that sports like baseball and football are a game of inches. That's definitely the case. Now, if you add up every little fraction of a centimeter times every player on the team, you get to those inches. If you could kind of visualize that. If it's a game of inches, right, let's say six inches, difference between winning and losing, and every player contributes a centimeter, right? That's really what it takes. You add up all those centimeters and they start getting to the inch mark and then to the two inch mark and then the six inch mark. That's what we're talking about when you're building a roster is how many guys can keep moving the needle forward. Extremely difficult. Extremely difficult to construct rosters. I'm not talking about the easy fantasy football names. I'm talking about how do you put together a roster of 50 plus guys that can work together to bring you wins and not so many losses. So big shout out to those guys for joining the show today. I uh, uh, root for them, pray for them, and I hope that I can make a little bit of an impact in each of their young, uh, these young men's lives and uh, get them to fulfill their dreams. Speaking of dreams, or maybe nightmares. I, I cannot believe what I'm seeing on the ticker. I cannot believe what I'm seeing on the ticker. So this is a shocker, folks, in the world of soccer. North Macedonia has just stunned Italy, knocking them out of contention for this upcoming World Cup. I, I really can't believe it. North Macedonia. Is it Macedonia? Macedonia? I don't even know what the heck that country is. I know there's some nice ladies from over there. That's for sure. But that's a story for another day that I'll perhaps share with you. But Italy is going to miss out on the World Cup for the second successive tournament. After the Euro 2020 winners were stunned by a stoppage time winner from North Macedonia in Thursday's playoff semifinal in Palermo. So Palermo is in Italy. So they had home field advantage. Apparently, Alexander Trashkovsky, who is kind of the, uh, the the heroic longtime player for North Macedonia, uh, is a defensive guy, played an outstanding defensive game, and he struck the only goal of the game in the second minute of added time crushing Italy in its, get this, its first defeat in 60 home World Cup qualifiers. Since 
60 and 0. And then to lose at home, to get knocked out of the World Cup. Unbelievable. Just in terms of rankings, world rankings, that number 60 comes up again. Italy was ranked 60 places above North Macedonia. Wow. Unbelievable. That's why they play the games, right? Unbelievable. Now, in terms of playing the games, we're going to get back to baseball here. We're getting ready for opening day. We are uh, a couple Thursdays out. And uh, we've had some moves since our last show. Uh, A lot of free agent activity going on. I think some of the biggest ones, Freddie Freeman going to the L.A. Dodgers. Man, the rich just keep getting richer, right? I mean, as if they needed another superstar player, another MVP player, they get one. Now, how many MVPs and Cy Youngs, et cetera, do they have on their roster now? Uh, I don't even know, but um, this lineup once again is stacked. The other big moves, another big move was Carlos Correa signing with the Twins. That was a little bit surprising to me. A three-year, $105 million deal. Didn't go for the grandioso dollar amounts, which also was a little bit surprising. Uh, I think it's a great signing for the Twins, unless... The reason that he didn't get a lot of years and a lot of money is because they're concerned with his injuries. So that's a possibility. That's something to keep our eye out on. Another big deal. Trevor Story goes to my beloved Boston Red Sox. $140 million deal. Six years. According to Jeff Passan of ESPN. Now, I have mixed feelings about this one, believe it or not. I'm always a little bit leery of players achieving success in Colorado and then going elsewhere for big bucks. They oftentimes don't pan out, but we have seen some guys do it. It's not completely out of the question. We saw Larry Walker do really well with the St. Louis Cardinals. We also saw Nolan Arenado do really well also with the St. Louis Cardinals, which could tell us a lot about the organization itself, the St. Louis Cardinals and both their scouting department, their development department and their transition department in how they are able to receive these guys and make them achieve a similar level of uh, high productive performance outside of Coors Field. So we'll see if Trevor Story can match that. I'll tell you this much. If he can learn how to hit, utilizing the green monster in his favor, the guy's going to rake. And the guy actually could be competing for a batting title, believe it or not. I know he puts up power numbers. He's got speed. But the guy, if he uses the monster the right way, I think we can see him hit for high average. We'll see if he could do that. Maybe he'll make me look like a fool for saying so. But uh, I don't know. Check in with me a few months into the season. Let's see how he progresses with a monster. If he could play Pepper, he could get a lot of doubles. I'm going to predict 50 doubles 
for Trevor Story in Boston. 50-plus doubles, which would be a huge, huge season. World Series here. Jorge Soler signs with the Marlins. He gets a three-year, $36 million deal. Uh, the Phillies land Nick Castellanos, five years for a hundo. The Braves bring in Kenley Jansen, longtime Dodger closer. He's kind of been a fixture with the Dodgers for his whole career. So we'll see how uh, his latter stages shake out with the Braves. I assume he's going to probably have same level of success going from one really good team to another really good team. One under the radar move, by the way, was Luke Watt going to the uh, from the Yankees to the Padres. Didn't get uh, a, a lot of uh, publicity, but this is a former home run champ. So this guy can bash. We'll see what he could do at Petco, uh, a ballpark that's typically not known to be a hitter's haven. But hey, like I said, former home run champion. We'll see what he could do there. Obviously, the big deals from the week prior were Chris Bryant signing with the Rockies, uh, Matt Chapman to the Blue Jays in a swap with the Oakland A's, uh, Kyle Schwarber to Philly, the Cubs land Japanese superstar Seiya Suzuki, Zach Grinke back to the Royals. So many moves. I mean, I, I, I hate just going down lists on a show because that doesn't necessarily make for great content. But at the same time, I want everybody to be caught up on all the happenings. Uh, Anthony Rizzo to the Yankees. I'm not sure that he fixes their holes. Uh, and then the previous week, the blockbuster Braves and A's for Matt Olson. We'll see what he could do there. Those are just some of the really big deals. Nelson Cruz also to the Nationals. Those are some of the deals that I've kind of highlighted as being um, really key moves by uh, contenders and teams that are looking to shave some payroll alike. What do you guys think? Who made out best? Which team actually added wins by making these moves like for example let's take the Atlanta Braves so you lose Freddie Freeman and you get Olsen so my question is if they were just to do a straight up trade let's just say the contracts were identical the number of years remaining were identical but everything else is the same. Their age, their stats, their production, etc. Would the Braves trade Freddie Freeman straight up for Matt Olson? I think that's a question worth asking. Especially because they're trading places in essence. Well, roster spots for first base for the Braves. Obviously, the A's didn't land Freddie Freeman. Uh, down to I-5 South, the Dodgers did. But from the Braves' perspective, is it addition by subtraction? Have they improved? Are they going to get more wins? I'm not sure they do. Maybe, maybe it's a wash? I don't know. I'll say this. I'm always going to side or err on the side of the known commodity in other words, we know that Freeman has been successful in Atlanta. We know he's been a good hitter at the ballpark. 
We know he's been an all-star MVP with Atlanta Braves. We don't know about Olsen outside of Oakland. Now, he may fare really well. He may end up being the same Matt Olsen production-wise, you know, which is not a great batting average, but a ton of home runs, good defensive play, one of the better players in the league at his position. Um, but I don't know. I don't know that the Atlanta Braves solidified more wins with those moves. Now, what about Kenley Jansen? I believe they used, was it Will Smith last year uh, in the closers role? So uh, have they upgraded in their closer position? That's that's another key question. So when I'm looking at these moves and we're going to have our prediction show coming up here pretty soon, those are the kind of things that I'm looking to analyze when trying to figure out if the teams bettered themselves uh, or just shaved some payroll or it's a wash or it's a miscalculation. And we will see. And that's, again, why they play the games on the field. That's what makes baseball so dynamic and exciting is a lot of player movement. Obviously, this year was very different in that we got it all crammed in a short period of time because of the lockout. But, hey, this musical chairs is probably exactly what baseball wanted to be in the spotlight for many days in a row up until opening day. So we'll come back recharged refreshed with predictions we've done really well on this show before we've pegged world series winners playoff uh, division winners um we've we've run the table a couple of times looking to provide the same level of success especially for some of you guys who are maybe playing over unders on win totals etc Uh, Or you're just a casual fan and looking to observe along or a fantasy baseball player. We'll give you a couple of nuggets as well in terms of fantasy baseball players to look out for. Unfortunately, as I always say, this is all the time that we have for this week's show. Really, really appreciative to our guests, Ty Brooks and Michael Hawkins. Wish them nothing but the best. God bless those guys as we see their journey into the NFL. And most importantly, thank you for the listeners. Thank you to the listeners for being listeners to the show. Love you guys. Love the loyalty that you guys have demonstrated over the years. Big shout out to my man, uh, Dan Hackett, who has been a longtime listener. Really appreciate him. He has gone out of his way to give me great feedback uh, about this show. So big props to you. I've wanted to give you props for a while now. Anyways. Thank you for listening. We'll see you same time, same place next week. Enjoy your sports weekend, everyone. Thanks for joining us this week for the Mike Abadir Show. Please tune in again next Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time and 4 p.m. Pacific Time for another show with Mike and his co-host, Gino Bacola, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a great week.